There's this mystical place called Kanlan, and it's... I can answer myself. There's a mystical place called Kanlan. I'm the immortal Iron Fist. You what? I'm the immortal Iron Fist. Come again? Sworn protector of Kanlan. What are you on, lithium? Don't talk to me like I'm some kid. Don't act like some kid. You're the dumbest Iron Fist yet. This one. The immortal Iron Fist living weapon and protector of the ancient city is still a thundering dumbass. And here we go. It's the comic, the comic, comic, comic book, book. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies, where Nerd is the New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli. What's up? Okay. And we have a special guest with us today also. Uh, we have Ty Fisher with us, a.k.a. the Comic Conservative. And, yes, I'm going to coin it for you. you got to brand it, Ty. The conser- it's actually the Conservative Comic Collector, but whatever. You can find me on Outback Geekery and, and hate on me there on Twitter <laughs> and hate on me there. Or any number uh, of groups I have not yet been thrown out of yet. <laughs> yeah, we, we know the feel. Well, I know the feeling also. I get thrown out of groups all the time, too. So, yeah, I, I wanted to bring uh, Todd over because, like I said, I've, I've seen some of his posts before, and I know he, he kind of has a controversial opinion. People that know me post a controversial opinion. Eli has a controversial opinion, so I thought it'd be kind of fun for, you know, everybody to just be on the podcast and just kind of see where it goes. You know, maybe, you know, maybe it'd be entertaining. You never let's know how, how it goes. Yeah, a lot of Let's see how long it takes for this to break down into complete chaos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like this is the the, the verbal uh, version of a Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Because the thing is, like I said, a lot of podcasters like to have interviews with comic, you know, comic creators or cosplayers, things like that. And yeah, eventually we'll probably get to that point too. But for right now, I just want to have people on the show with opinions. I have an opinion. Uh, I know you have an opinion. You know. Uh, you know the old saying, opinions like assholes. Everybody ha- has one. So, or every asshole, hey, oh, yeah, or, ev- or everyone's one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So uh, Eli, it seemed like we missed out on you know how we normally start the podcast off when we don't like to start the podcast off. Oh and it yeah. It seemed like we kind of kind of caught up with us. Yeah, they, we just so. got a fucking trifecta. Of- Tragedy. Yeah, so no, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we got so we have a list now. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I hate to put it that way, but I guess we have to do that. So rest yeah. in peace to uh two comedy legends that died this week. Uh Jerry Lewis, uh and also Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory was a a, a civil rights activist and stand-up comedian. If you think that's a weird combination, it's just as weird as it sounds. Uh who else we had? We get uh, didn't did talk about this last week on the podcast. Uh remember Remember Zazie Beach stunt woman from Deadpool 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she died. So uh, I didn't get a name of it. All I know is that she, they said she was the first woman in motor racing or something. Not really sure about that. So, you know, and I think it's, oh, and Eli, you had the last one. Oh, Sonny Lanham, Billy from Predator. Yeah, yeah he passed away. Yeah, so, uh, 
Yeah, that's 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 where that did. Did he ever play anything else other than? Well, oh, he played Billy the Bear in Forty Eight Hours. I I think he plays Billy the Indian oh, in, that, in yeah. every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that guy now. Yeah, wasn't he like a, a like stabbing himself or slicing himself before he was fighting bad guys? I mean, fighting Eddie Murphy or whatever. Oh, I can't. It's been so long since he that movie. But wasn't yeah, he? No, he was no. also in that Stallone flick where they they were in prison. Was it lock lockup or lockdown? Lockup. Lock lockup. He was, yeah, he was. He's one of those background character actors that was in, whenever, like you're saying, whenever they need a a pissed off Indian, <clears throat> call Billy. He'll do it. Yeah. Just oh, like like, uh, like like Hector in The Dark Knight. Yeah, like, that's always <laughs> Mexican thug in every yeah. single movie. Pretty much. Or what's if the, go, if, if you go on the, the IMD page, he's just Hector on every single movie. <laughs> or the Chinese. What's the one Chinese guy from? Uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He's in every uh, he's in every Asian stereotype for every movie ever of all time. You talking about Lopan? The guy who played Lopan? Yeah, Lopan. Lopan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's, that he's guy. in everything. Yeah. We need a stock Asian guy. Oh, get Lopan. He's he's available. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's had it from another role. So yeah, but like I said, that's what we have the list from there. So now we can move on to the box office, something a little bit lighter. Uh, uh, just gonna start off this week. We have. The Deadpool and Nick Fury movie, uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard, number one, I guess. Now, keep in mind, this is how they market the movie. This is not something I made up. They market on their Facebook page as the Nick Fury and Deadpool movie. So, guess it's good. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, number two movie is we have Annabelle Creation. Uh, Eli saw that last week, so it's a pretty good movie. Uh, mm. Number three on the list, we have Logan Lucky. Uh, oh, that's yeah. the Daniel Craig movie. NASCAR who, who heist directed, movie. Who? It's Soderbergh. Yeah, who, the same guy behind uh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, that's Soderbergh. What I thought. That's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. It's really good. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, the wife went and saw it. I, I I thought it was really good. It's definitely worth uh, the time. You know. I, I, I haven't seen the movie in a while. It's, <laughs> but I'm hearing I'm hearing good things about it. I heard it's got like a really good Rotten Tomato score on it. Also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number four, we have Dunkirk. Uh, like I said, we talked about that before. It's still hanging in there and number five is the nut job nutty by nature i can't even say it with a straight face i'm sorry uh and i'll just run through the uh number 10 we got the emoji movie garbage uh spider-man homecoming okay girl strip still hanging in there dark tower mm, falling down there and wind river oh whatever I, that is i saw that i saw that you it, saw it, that yeah it's fucking it's actually fucking awesome uh it's uh jeremy renner and um, the chick yeah, who played you lost me right there. The chick who played uh, Scarlet Witch. It's it's, it's it's Oh, okay. Now you have my attention. Yeah. So it's basically a murder on a, on an Indian reservation. So it's by the guy who did uh, Hell or High Water and Sicario. Okay. It was actually really so fun. Are cool. there any Indians in the movie? Oh yeah. They all like like real like real ones. Yeah, real ones. Yeah, they got okay. real. They all like die or get raped, but yeah, they're in. <laughs> <laughs> Billy from Predators. Oh, he was, yeah, he, he ain't in it, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I, this, like I said, it's a comic book podcast, so I just want to actually say some congratulations for Wonder Woman, which, Eli, we did it. Did we do it? We did it. It hit $800 million. Well, there you go. Yeah. Not only did it hit $800 million, it also hit domestic-wise uh, $404 million, making it the highest-grossing superhero origin movie of all time of all time of yeah. all time and, and i didn't have to see it again 
you don't have to see it again. See, you, we, I was depending on you to see it. So I know, get the 800, I, but that's, I never made it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we made it in spite of you, Eli. Oh, uh, so yeah, but now we can move on from the box office. Like I said, there was some quick news from there. Uh, we had some breaking news just popped out of nowhere, like right before we got the podcast. So apparently there is going to be a Joker origin movie. Uh, it is going to be produced by Martin Scorsese. Uh, it's going to be directed by Phillips. I think the guy that did it. What do you do? Anybody have the notes in front of you right now? The Todd, Todd Phillips. Hang- yeah. Which, which one? Which one? The All first one. one. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's writing it. He's writing. He's it. writing it and direct. He's he's, no, told Scott, he's writing somebody. Scott oh, yeah. Silver's writing is the scribe is writing it. He right. did the he did the co, he did the he was a co-writer for the script for Eight Mile. Oh yeah, didn't he win a war for that? I think so. I think yeah, I think uh Eight Mile won a war for like a uh, script. Uh, okay, yeah, something. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So but like I said, we have a Joker movie coming out produced by Martin Scorsese. Uh, what do we all think, guys? Um, oh, oh, I just want you to know two things before we get into that. A, no Jerry Leto, and B, uh, it's not connected to DCEU. So it'll be like the Catwoman movie with Halle Berry. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, I, I'm a mixed bag of emotions on this one. I love Scorsese. Anything Scorsese touches turns the gold, gold as far as I'm concerned. Scorsese has never done a film that I did not like, but he's only producing it, though. Exactly, and and the Joker is one of those characters that, just like Wolverine, we should never know his backstory. That should never be told. It should always be, well, maybe that was what happened. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, because even the Killing Joke is not the definitive origin. Like even he says at the end of the book, you know. I don't know. Maybe it happened that way. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Exactly. It should never be told. And so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying. I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. Like I said, I, I was a fan of the Hangover. I don't know if he did all three Hangovers. I, I love the first Hangover. Scorsese's behind it. It's divorced from the DCEU. Thank God. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking it's a great idea because you don't want to tie Scorsese's hands to. Oh, he he has to. Uh, follow this canon or he has to make sure it sets up this next movie or has to follow from the last movie just let him make the movie he wants to make and that's be done and Jerry Little's gone gone that's another plus okay so, well okay also well, I think they can who, who are we gonna can get also loosely go ahead oh, I'm sorry go ahead. oh I was gonna say who are we gonna get for the new Joker then? anybody anybody Kevin anybody. Hart Kevin Hart <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gotta pay his face anyway, so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can find. Hey, you can find another Joker. That guy on Gotham. That 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 show sucks, but that guy that's playing Jerome, the Joker on Gotham, he's awesome. He's the best thing about that show. He's one of my favorite. He's one of the best Joker performances of all time to me. There's I. And I know none of you have seen that show, but still, I'm telling you, he's awesome. I didn't make. I, 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 watched, I saw him a little I watched bit. Of the it. first two. Ep- I watched the first two seasons. Yeah, somehow. So <laughs> like I said, the show sucked. I agree with you on that. I'm just saying he was awesome. So yes, you can find. As far as who can play the Joker, I don't get into the fan cast game. I'll just wait and see who they name, and and we'll go. Eh, okay, maybe he'll work. Eh, maybe he won't. You know, 
we'll see from there. You know, obviously he's going to be a, a younger guy. You know, well, the cool and even thing though Jared is, Leto looks young, I think he's like, like 45, 46, something like that. Well, I think the cool thing is they could easily, even though they set it outside of the DCU, um, they can easily tie it back back in just by acknowledging a a fan theory. That the Leto Joker is not the original Joker. He's actually, you know, Jason Todd, you know, who's gone nuts and become the Joker instead. And then bring it all back around and bring whoever they cast, if it does well, whoever they cast as Joker, bring him back in, kill off Leto, or at least turn Leto into the Red Hood, and then move on. And it all ties back together without necessarily being tightly woven to the rest of the universe. Well, that's the thing. Will they even be a rest of the universe? Because the DCEU is kind of in a tailspin right now. Yes, Wonder Woman was awesome. We get that. Wonder Woman was awesome. Justice League, we don't know what's going to happen with Justice League. But the point is, if Justice League doesn't do the numbers they want to uh, do, I think they're just going to blow up the DCEU. I think they're just going to just start. I mean, because they already have Flashpoint coming anyway. And they're going to use it as get that a jail-free card and just reboot it any way they feel they see fit. And, and uh, good thing we're bringing this up because that brings me up to another topic that I didn't have on the list, but I get a chance to talk about it. Did you guys see uh, hear the Casey Affleck interview on the sports radio show early this week? I heard about it. I had no, okay. I missed it. No problem. Uh, I meant to send a link on it, but basically what happened? Casey Affleck was talking to you know some Boston guys, things like that, and they uh, a conversation came about his brother, you know Ben Affleck. So they say, uh, this new Batman movie, you know, coming out with Matt Reeves, uh, uh, do you think your brother Ben Affleck is going to be in that movie? And Casey Affleck said, mm, no, I don't think he's going to be in that movie. I think he's done as Batman. He, he flat out said it. But the way he said it was so casual. It's just like, like maybe he knows something we don't. I don't think Ben told him anything, but he definitely threw his brother under the bus with that statement. So, <laughs> hey, nobody can fuck you over better than family. So, <laughs> it would have been an uncomfortable phone call later on. Hey, <laughs> see what the fuck are you doing? Shut up! Oh, Jeff, Jeff Johns would have called him because what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, but like I said, we don't know. Casey Casey Affleck probably has no inside knowledge on this whatsoever. He probably didn't even talk to Ben about this DC stuff. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, he would know his brother. He would know like, yeah, there's no way he's gonna do that role. And honestly, I think Ben is out Affleck. I mean, here's the thing. Now, when we when at Comic-Con, there was all kind of rumors about whether Ben Affleck was going to be uh, Batman or not. And then he came up with the statement, and I promise you, he danced all around the question. He was very uh, very dodgy with the question. But for some reason, the fans jumped on the bandwagon and said, oh, he's going to be Batman for the rest of our lives. He'll never retire from the road. He never said that. He That never came out of his mouth. Only thing he said, he would he would love to be Batman as long as they would let him. That's all he said. But if DC wants to get rid of him tomorrow, they will do that. But they're not going to say Ben Affleck has done his Batman right now while they're trying to promote the Just League movie and trying to make a billion dollars right now. They're not going to do that. So they're trying to pl- give him, uh, play these softball questions and, and have him dodge and be as vague as possible. So when he is recast in the new Batman movie, nobody is shocked. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah. I I concur. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, but like I said, that's enough with the DC movie. Uh, So, everybody has a Netflix account? 
yeah. Or I at do. least borrowing one from your your cousin or something. Okay. Wink, so, wink. <laughs> fire stick, you know, anything like that. But yeah, like I said, we had a chance to hopefully everybody had a chance that's on the podcast right now to watch the defenders that dropped. What was it? Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. It was uh, early Friday morning because I was up late Thursday waiting for it. Yeah, I fell asleep Thursday night waiting for it, and I know Friday night came. I know some people had been watched it, binge watched it that Thursday night. You know, by the time Friday came, they were already posting spoilers and everything like that. So, so I guess it eventually came, but who knows? But yeah, it finally came out. Uh, it was about eight. It was eight episodes. Thank God it was eight episodes because that way I could you know just binge watch in the setting because the thirteen episodes did kind of weigh down on me with these other movies they were coming out with. This was just a quick it almost felt like a a just a long extended movie you know it didn't it didn't feel like a tv show it just felt like a long extended movie and i appreciate them for that uh quick thoughts on what you guys thought about the defender like impressions anything um i, I really oh go ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead no you go ahead no i was gonna say i i actually really enjoyed it yeah i i wasn't so certain how much i was gonna enjoy it because i i i i love the daredevils uh season one and two and i love jessica jones luke cage was starting to get to that eh, kind of stage and then by the time i got to iron fist i was like oh this is just dreck um so i wasn't 100 percent just how much i was going to enjoy it but after like the second and it's the same thing i hear from everyone after about the second episode of exposition i was like all right let's do this and it was getting better and better and better and better and i i truly enjoyed it it's a good experience yeah, well, see, same, I, yeah, I know a lot of. Yeah. Oh, you go ahead, Eli. Oh yeah, I mean, I pretty much felt the same way. I I did like the fact that it was shorter, and it got going a lot quicker. Um, and yeah, it, it really benefited from only having eight episodes. There wasn't those two or three sleeper episodes that the other you know shows had, where you just kind of like oh, they, everything got kind of put on hold for an episode till the action started again. So I really liked that. Um, I did feel towards the end I was getting a little bit tired of the same old fight scenes, it seemed like. I'm like, okay, you got you got a, a guy, a bulletproof guy, and then you got a really strong She-Hulk, and everyone's still just throwing normal punches and stuff. So I was they like, getting I, hit. I don't, yeah. I don't get that. How were they getting hurt? Yeah, so I was like, well, there should people should be there should be a little bit more superhero-y type of shit happening. You know, that's yeah. the, one of the thoughts that went through my mind. But for the most part, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was a it was a quick watch. I made it through. Um, yeah, I never I, I never made it through Iron Fist. You know, so I, again, I was a little worried about him. Um, but he didn't suck as bad this this one. <laughs> I thought he sucked just as bad. I yeah, thought he was still terrible. When he punched when he punched Luke Cage in that first fight, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> one punch yeah, yeah you had to get one in there yeah but yeah I, honestly i thought I, here's my thing about iron fist his show sucked his show was terrible i think that was the first now nah, i won't say it was the first marvel fail because agent carter kind of yeah was kind of whatever but yeah i thought iron fist was definitely the weakest part of the other netflix shows we had he was the weakest part of the defenders also however i i do think he was slightly improved in this one. He didn't have that dopey looking haircut like he did in the first one. It was shaved down a little bit. 
It looked like his fight choreography had sort of kind of improved because man, were they terrible in that. that oh, you can you can see was, the, the the stunt double on some of them cuts. <laughs> you can tell it was. <laughs> but at least they had one. You know, the other movie, you, you can tell that was definitely him because that's if you had a stunt double to do that piece of shit stunt work, then they need to be fired. You know. But yeah, he he was in the movie uh, for some reason. But here's what I liked about it: Iron Fist sucked. And the show knew Iron Fist sucked. So the entire movie, the entire TV show just felt like, like they were just reminding Iron Fist how much he sucked. Like everybody on the team just kept telling him, dude, you suck. Uh, Stick kept telling him he was a dumbass. Yeah. Uh, he kept getting his ass with the entire time. He kept getting kidnapped. I was like, I'm loving it. Just treat him like shit the entire time. You're making me like this show. Just for treating him like shit, and that's it. You know. I think every every sentence he, every line he had, he was like constantly reminding us who he was. I'm Danny Rand. I'm Danny Rand. I think you Hello. Iron Fist. Hello, I'm Danny Rand. He picks up a cell phone. Hello, I'm Danny Rand. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I'm just, that's why I love about Jessica Jones so much in the show because she was almost her sarcastic nature. It seemed like she was saying everything that was, was uh, I was thinking. You yeah. know, like every time Danny Rand said, "I'm the immortal Iron Fist," and she's like, "Wait, what? Are you high?" You know, she saying the same thing everybody else was thinking. You know, that's why I was loving her in the show so. Yeah, much. it was so, it was totally cool. That's I, was like, like, yeah. I, I realized I missed her when she showed up. Like she was like to me, she stole the show this season. I was like, wow, I, I yeah, because really, she I, brought a different personality yeah. than everybody else did. You know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, she and was one thing always I pissed did, off and talking shit and just like <laughs> really didn't want to have anything to do with it. They were all on the subway when they were on the subway <laughs> oh, and she, she took the beer, the beer from the yeah. homeless guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like wow <laughs> but yeah but the thing about jessica jones even though she's snarky and she's sarcastic and all stuff like that and she's an alcoholic thing like that but if you if you watch her you know her show her solo show you know why she's like that it completely makes sense matter of fact it makes you even wonder how she's able even to hold it together as long as she is you know because she wanted to be a superhero purple man kind of messed her mind up and that's why she's kind of reluctant to be a hero with the rest of them because she knows how much she can risk she don't want to go through that situation again but she wants to be a hero like everybody else now i do want to mention this um now like i said i've been on twitter and a lot of people saying some people saying they love the show it's great some i've been had some people say it's better than avengers i'm like and eh, bring it down a night bring it down a little bit yeah uh some people said they like the show they said it was great some people said the show sucks so when you go on twitter you see a wide range of opinions on the show like that i guess it depends on your expectations, depends on things like that. But one thing I did like about it, a lot of people say that the first two or maybe first uh, two and a half uh, episodes of the first show were kind of slow. But I actually kind of liked it because what you what they were doing with those shows, it, it felt like they were their individual shows at first. You know, like Luke Cage with Luke Cage show, Deck Gary, where he wants to. And if you notice in the background, each scene matched the color scheme of the hero. Like every time in Daredevil's early scenes – was red luke cage was yellow uh iron fist was green and jessica jones was blue and the entire scene in the background was like that also matching them so and but the more the show went on like to episode three episode four the colors kind of like blended together like when they were in the chinese brought all the colors that's basically what it was embracing like okay they're together that's why you have all these colors popping all over the place and i thought damn, that was damn, you, know, you had a busy oh, weekend man <laughs> Look, I watched the show three times, man. I, I'm honest with you. So I noticed some things like that on the on the second or the third time, you know, after watching it. So, but yeah, like I said, I thought that was pretty interesting the way it came together. Uh, the hall hallway action scene, it delivered. It's almost it, it's basically a trope at this point 
but we realized what they were going with at that point. So when we finally got to the hallway scene, it was like, yes, this is why I turn on this show. This is why I'm watching it because it's giving me everything I want. Everybody's bouncing around. Iron Fist doesn't look so bad, you know, doing his own stunts, thing like that. And even the next episode after that, when they were just sitting around just talking, that yeah, was yeah, in, in the Chinese restaurant something. when they're in the Chinese, the Chinese restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I got so hung, I got so hungry for Chinese food. I ended, ended up going to the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should have name branded or something like that. So they can <laughs> <nobody else. laughs> oh, like, damn, oh, those, those pot but, stickers yeah. look good, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like it because each ep- – but only thing about the Defenders is that it didn't, it didn't bring with it the emotional weight that the solo shows did. And I think that's a blessing and a curse to it at the same time. Because like I said, we the, the other shows – was like very very heavy and thematic and dealt with social issues you know daredevil uh dealt with you know the legal system and how enough money can buy your way out of the legal system doesn't matter to them uh jessica jones was a slash detective story slash you know a rape survival story you know it was pretty you know pretty heavy handed with that uh luke cage like i said it dealt with uh uh crime in the black community and uh black lives matter iron fist was whatever who cares uh but they all came together (laughs) but they all came together and they brought those you know their themes with them even though it wasn't as heavy-handed and the because at the at the heart of it this was kind of like a it was basically junk food you know it wasn't trying to be uh, a social commentary it was just a bunch of good guys bunch, beating up a bunch of ninjas at the end yeah. of the day that's what it was it wasn't over it wasn't too obvious i mean they kind of just suggest there was like a few moments like when luke cage is you know telling danny Rand that you know yeah Oh, man, that was my favorite whole, scene. That was my favorite the, scene right yeah. there. Talking <laughs> about it, his it privilege and shit like that. You know, I was, <laughs> uh, you know, but they didn't beat it over the head. You know, it was, it was more subtle. Which right, was, because you know, like I said, in the other show, they would have had an entire episode just, you know, with that situation like that. But yeah. This was just thrown in. It was, or even when he was talking to the kid, another thing I kind of noticed. Now, the reason Luke Cage was so, you know, uh, so protective of that kid, because, you know, when he was locked up and on the other side, Notice that kid had a yellow shirt. You know, they were trying to tell you that Luke Cage sees himself in that kid. You know, yeah. one wrong step or one wrong move, that kid could have been him. Yeah. And just you how know, that, just yeah. how the whole what the what what corporations do and how they affect the community. You know what I'm saying? How it all right. kind of trickled down and you know, so there was yeah, there was you know, the classism. There was some elements of it, but it, yeah, it, eight episodes, they had to keep it quick, so that's what right. So but cool. keep in mind, that's what I like about that dialogue that that that, Iron, that Luke Cage gave to Iron Fist. That that same dialogue actually could be uh, translated to every billionaire superhero. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, Arrow, Batman. It could be the same. I've always thought this stuff about Batman. Like he can do more good as Bruce Wayne than as Batman. He yeah. just choose to just beat uh, criminals in the face because that's that's fun to him. It so, sure is. <laughs> one, of, one, one of the things I really enjoyed about the series uh, that no one seems to be talking about is how they they really they really kind of spoke to the secondary characters a lot and how they fit into this whole universe. You know, they brought in all the secondary characters. The only one that I think that didn't get a lot of screen time was Jessica Jones's neighbor. I forget his name already, and that's probably yeah. why. But they they really <laughs> they really spoke to you know. Why uh, Claire and Missy Knight and, and what part they play and who's what makes a hero a hero and makes 
what makes us the sidekick kind of thing. And I love the I love that uh, that storytelling that they use on that and really made you made, you know make you think you know these people have lives as well and and this is they're an integral part of the entire story uh, they may be a smaller part but it's integral and it, it kind of ties it all together so it, I, it, it really yeah it really fleshed it out because those side characters some of them are just interesting or maybe even more interesting in hero because even though iron fist sucked I think uh, Colleen Wing, yeah, she she carried that Iron Fist show for me, yeah. and she had a very interesting arc in this one also because it took me about two times to watch what was going on with her character. But if you know, if you really watch her character, she was jealous of the Defenders. She didn't flat yeah. out say it, but she was jealous of Defenders because her and Danny they were you know the one two punch. You know they were like you know Batman and Robin or whatever you want to call it. But then when she when he started you know hooking up with the Super Friends and Defenders, and she realized she's out of her, her league. Like she can't compete with them, so she tries to like, and that's why she even says in the car, like, we can dish these guys, we don't need these guys. And Iron Fist says, Have you seen what they can do? These guys got powers. She like, that's kind of the point. They kind of make me look like a sidekick, you know. And then that's when she tries to go after one of the hand members, and he takes her out with the quickness, you know, like, like she's nothing. And then Luke Cage just shows up and just tosses the guy like across the room, and then you realize that's why she's not in the Defenders, <laughs> you know. Yeah. She basically yeah. so. You're a sidekick. Get back on the bench. Get with everybody else because you can't run with the defenders. You're not that good, you know. And yeah, it was cool. Like, what affects the heroes affects the people in their lives, you know? Because especially at the that, that, that was yeah. that was their strength and their weakness at the same time, yeah. you know. And the hand was exploiting that, you know. Yeah, especially I mean, spoilers at the end when they all come back into the police department and everyone walks through the doorway and there's a uh, foggy and uh, what's your name? Uh, uh wait, yeah, waiting for, you know, Matt to show up and he doesn't. And then you see how they all, you know, everyone else is hugging each other except them. And then, you know, so yeah, so that was cool. But right. you know, everybody Colin, came home. You know, it, it was basically like a war, you know, everybody came home from war, except, yeah. but everybody doesn't come back. You know, yeah. that was, that was kind of, you know, kind of, kind of hurt uh, towards the end of that. Yeah, so I was like, man, and, that and was, that, yeah. and, and, and that's what I want to say about Daredevil. Daredevil carried the, he was definitely the alpha of the show. Like, you can tell Charlie Cox was the best actor. He did the best stunts. A lot of the scenes, he was carrying the scene. Even when he showed up in the Daredevil suit, I thought, you know, since everybody was wearing regular clothes, he showed up in the Daredevil suit, I thought it was going to be kind of goofy. Actually, when he put on the suit, it made him even more badass. Like, he got to the point, like, Jessica Jones really couldn't even, like, she was making smart-ass remarks to everybody. Even she could really say anything. He was like, okay, he, yeah, he does kind of like a badass, you know. Yeah. He looks like a ninja. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I like that post you did the other day where you said, which, which, Defenders matches which Ninja Turtle? <laughs> oh, Eli, you jumping the gun? You jumping oh, the gun? Oh. <laughs> but, but since you said it, we can go ahead and talk about it. Okay, so let's go ahead and match up. So, what do you guys think? Uh, which which Defender match up with which Ninja Turtle? I go to the point in a second why I'm matching up uh, the the Defenders with Ninja Turtles. Well, yeah, well, Jessica Jones was definitely right. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody that was everybody's first opinion yeah that was that was Raphael yeah and I think yeah Daredevil was Leo I would say he was like leading you know um, yeah even Stick pulled him to the side and said hey you need to lead these guys you know yeah well that's Splinter Stick is Splinter well like, yeah well Stick was Splinter you know from Look, the, the whole from thing was Ninja Turtles <laughs> yeah the whole thing was Ninja Turtles Stick, Stick is Splinter, Splinter yeah <laughs> they're four New York based superheroes uh, put together with a mentor named after a piece of wood fighting an army of ninjas named after a body part. Yes, they're the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just adolescent enhanced alcoholic 
<laughs> adults or some shit. I don't know. Whatever you want to put, that's what they were. Yeah. So I would like so, to say. I would like and to Karen say. Karen Page was April O'Neil. Oh yeah. Page, they, <laughs> oh, the, the the first episode was in a sewer. <laughs> they even got away from the hand in a sewer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to so say I that think Iron... some, some, I think some of the stuff was on purpose, you know. Yeah. I'd like to say that Iron Fist is Michelangelo, but Iron Fist doesn't make me laugh. So. It's just yeah, I, I would say he's Michael Angelo just because Michael, Mikey is the youngest of the turtles, and Iron Fist definitely was the kid of the team. You know, he was the only one that really wanted to do the superhero team up. Like nobody else cared. They didn't want to do it just because Jones said fuck this. Luke Cage didn't, but Iron Fist, come on guys, let's team up, let's be on the team together. You know, and and so I would say he was Michael Angelo just because he was the most naive of the team. You know. Yeah, um, I don't know if like. Luke Cage fits Donatello just because, like, Donatello was, like, a nerd and a, right. oh, nerdy a and hacker stuff. and yeah. shit. And <laughs> yeah. I'd say he's more Casey Jones or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Luke Cage's character was he just wanted to get along with everybody. Like, even though just, uh, Jessica Jones said all the smart-ass shit, he didn't really say anything. To, like, he wasn't being antagonistic. He wanted to help people. If they know – if he know these guys can do it, he's kind of, like, going along with them. So – Donatello is kind of the other guy that he doesn't really make waves. You know, he's not like Raphael that always gets in Leonardo's face. He's not always cracking jokes and being absent-minded. He kind of just, you know, just plays his role. He just plays his role. He just wants to get along with everybody. So I would kind of say he's Donatello, you know, in a way. You know. But, yeah. yeah, that's why But that's why I was comparing it to the Ninja Turtle. But it's funny why there's so many Ninja Turtles references in it and i think they're blatant i think they're on purpose ninja turtle references the reason they do that because uh people that are familiar with the ninja turtles know that they are a parody of the frank miller daredevil comics you know that's where they came from yeah uh and most people don't understand that it was a parody some people read the first comic books of the ninja turtles they're like oh, oh they're so mature they're so realistic and gritty like no they weren't supposed to be uh considered as mature just because they have cursing it's going to have blood and violence that doesn't make it mature. What they were doing when they made that comic book, they were making fun of the comic books that thought they were mature. That's why you had a bunch of turtles going around killing people and cursing and stuff like that because it was supposed to be comedy, but they were playing it straight. But people that looked at the comic didn't get the joke. They were in the joke. But if you go back and read that intro to the comic, that's basically what it was. It was a parody. It was a satire of the whole Frank Miller Watchmen era, you know. Mm -hmm. but, but now their cartoons were like that, so it got lost translation. But that's what basically what happened. The Ninja Turtles ripped off the Defenders, who ripped off the Ninja Turtles, or whatever. <laughs> it all it all comes back full circle. Basically, I think the Defenders was the best Ninja Turtle movies we got in 20 years. So. Oh, another plot of the movie. Ninja Turtles, the first movie was they were kidnapping kids. You know, uh, recruiting kids for the foot. In this movie, they were recruiting kids for the hands. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of references in there. Um, yeah, like I said, overall, rating wise in the show, I, oh, I got to talk about one more thing about this. What do you guys think about the hand in general? Uh, they're fine. <laughs> you know. As far as faceless henchmen go, okay. Well, okay, not the hand. Let's talk about the five fingers. All oh, the five oh, fingers. Oh, those guys. Let's oh. talk about the five fingers. Yeah. Oh yeah, like now I didn't watch all of Iron Fist, so when Madame Gao started like 
beating the shit out of everybody at the end. Oh, I was like, man, Madam Gal stole this shit. Yeah, yeah Madam like, Gal was doing fuck? this shit in Iron Fist. Was she? I okay, see, loved- I, I didn't see any of that, so yeah, I might have to go watch him now. <laughs> yeah, Madam Gal, I believe, she she was in every every one of this series, wasn't she? Yeah. She wasn't in Jessica Jones. She was in both Daredevils. She was in both Daredevils. I think she was just in both Daredevils and Iron Fist, and I think that was it. She's a badass. She was my, one of my favorite she, characters. Every time she shows up, she steals the scene. She steals every scene. Yeah. And you and 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 the, well, I think one scene they had Luke Cage and Jessica Jones fighting Madame Gal by herself, and she was like fighting them. Also, got I, I think yeah. I remember that. She was like air bending shit, and <laughs> that was pretty fucking yeah. dope. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and so, oh, what do you think about Sigourney Weaver? Because they kept hyping up Sigourney Weaver like she's supposed to be. The big bad. He's supposed to be the next MCU villain. I mean, how'd you think she did overall? Um, are we staying spoiler free? Ah, fuck it. Just, just go for it. I thought for sure that she's getting ready to re- you know, reveal that she's Mephisto or Blackheart or, or some big Marvel bad guy that was going to have some dramatic impact that we've had her hear about Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver, and bam! Two sides right through the heart, dead as a fucking doornail. I'm like, <laughs> I feel ripped off. What the hell just happened? Okay, like, I know some people compare that to the Mandarin situation. I don't think it was the Mandarin situation. It kind of was, but it really wasn't. reason it wasn't because the Mandarin situation, yes, there was a fake out. It was a twist, but they replaced the Mandarin with Seth, whatever his name was, breathing fire and shit. That was a stupid twist. This one, having Electra taking over the hand, I thought that was a cool twist. So I was fine with that. What I didn't understand is how to did, – did Electra get a power? power increase or something it was she superhuman or not because they didn't really explain that because i think it was like two two times she took out the entire team by herself pretty much yeah so, but i think the black sky portion like it bump you know gives her a bit of a buff but but you know they didn't really say that for certain one way or the other i don't think right because but then if she's able to get a bus buff then how is daredevil able to fight her one-on-one at the end by, by himself like, she could take the entire team down, and then she could fight Daredevil one-on-one. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, he got it in an arm bar one time. He can't put Luke Cage in an arm bar. You know, so. No, 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 I'm not. I promise you I'm not, because I think that is one of the things that hurt the, the show for me, because the power inconsistency of the show kept taking me out of the show. I'm sorry. I'm a nerd. That's what I do. You read these comic books, and you see something, power inconsistency, it takes you right out of the comic and it did the same thing with the show. It wasn't just Electra. It was Jessica Jones. It was Luke Cage getting his ass whooped. Like, wait, this dude, like, took a rocket launcher to the face. How is he getting, you know, like, karate kicked in the face and stuff like that? Jessica Jones uh, had a bus flip over her in her show. But she can get, get knocked down by some some random ninja? Like, but at another time, then she can toss a a, a uh, a garbage can at somebody and toss a guy. Maybe was, she's just maybe because she was drunk and slow. That's why. <laughs> and doesn't know and doesn't know kung fu and shit. <laughs> so I guess they found some way to kind of work around there. But I, I don't know those power inconsistencies. They could have just dropped the line and say the black sky makes you stronger, faster. You know. Uh, well, that's what I it, like. I said what I had an issue with at the end is like there should have been more powers. You know, there should have been more super shit. Going on, and it was just yeah, it was oh, just and, another. Oh, at least fu- it was just another Kung Fu suit. Yeah, 
you know, or at least just explain it because it did really seem like, like, even though character wise, they all separated themselves, but like fight wise and it didn't seem like they did separate themselves. You had Luke K, strong guy, Jessica Jones, slightly strong guy, uh, and two ninjas doing the same thing. And it almost seemed like they're on the same level. It like if Iron Fist and Daredevil were to get in a fight and Iron Fist didn't use the fist, like Daredevil might whoop his ass, you know, even yeah. though he's supposed to be the greatest martial artist of all time. So it just felt like they were too similar power-wise, where if you look at the Avengers, you have all these insane powers. Cap is an athlete. Iron Man is flying around, stuff like that. Hulk smash. Uh, Hawkeye arrow. They all have different personalities, even just fighting-wise. But the Defenders, it didn't seem like they had it. They just pretty much just run through a fight scene and just do it and just whatever happens, happens. And I, I think that, for me, did kind of hurt the show on that end, that fight-wise, they didn't they didn't have enough character and separate themselves fight-wise. So yeah. That's just me. But, uh, yeah, but like I said, I guess we can finally give our uh, final rating on Defenders. I think we talk about Defenders uh, enough. Uh, Ty, since you're the guest, I'll let you go first. Out of a five, what, what do you give Defenders? I'll give it a solid four. Okay, okay, good, strong score. Uh, Eli, what you got? Yeah, same here, four. Yeah, I also give it a four. Yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was good. Look, I, I know a lot of people online were trashing the show and saying it's garbage and – I, it wasn't that I had low – maybe because I had low expectations from Iron Fist. I was like, I don't know how Defenders going to turn out, turn out. But at the end of the day, when I sat down and watched this eight-hour show, because like I said, it kept it, it kept it eight hours and simple. It wasn't too long. And for those eight hours, I was entertained. I was into it. I was involved. I was engaged. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what more can you ask for? Yeah. You know? Exactly. It, 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 it wasn't heavy thematically. It didn't have uh, – you know, no great social issues. It wasn't something that you're gonna talk about your friend. Like, what do you think about that scene there or this episode there? It's not. It's not. You know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. You really break down those scenes and talk about just the, the dialogue. It was just a Marvel team up. It was just a team up movie. That's all it was. Yeah, pretty much. And so. no, and no more Sigourney Weaver unless they bring her back. <laughs> they they could, but why? <laughs> Yeah, I think she's, look, just, she's, okay. just, she's just basically the Fish Mooney character. Like, whatever. Like, yeah, honestly, I, this is Netflix. I don't think they can afford Sigourney Weaver for longer than that anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I'm sure she don't... One last Defender thing, um, from, from me anyways. Can can y'all confirm for me, I'm not the only one that cheered when Misty Knight got her arm chopped off, right? I'm not that callous I, I did cheer. I did cheer. Okay. I don't know how we missed that, but I did. Yeah, I... I <laughs> but I... Yeah. I <laughs> Which but at the same time, yeah. I didn't want it to happen, but I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad it happened, you know. Yeah, because because didn't some shit didn't it get crushed or some shit in low cage where I thought well she, she was got gonna, shot and they yeah were, she got they, shot they, they that's what it was. Get to it. yeah they were gonna you know have to cut her arm off but it didn't happen but yeah. this one yeah Bakudo whoop, one lap it was gone I'm like, now damn. now is it just me or is Misty Knight stacked as fuck because goddamn. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Taking me completely out of. Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. So, ever since everybody wants to be comic accurate, can you see uh, Danny Rand and Misty Knight hook up? Because uh, no. <laughs> that's that's comic canon. That's canon to comic. On this show? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see it just to get a good laugh, man. This is like, oh, oh, this woman. I don't know what to do. <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's no way she trained 
unless she's got some bills to pay. She's she's <laughs> <laughs> she's not downgrading from Luke Cage. <laughs> I don't give a shit what that hand yeah, is. <laughs> she needs a cosign on a card. That's why she's with him. So. <laughs> oh. Man, that, that would be hilarious. I, I don't want to see if Marvel goes that route, but we probably won't. Oh, but last night, like I said, the show was completely done, and then we got another treat that was completely after the show, and that was the Punisher trailer. Yes. Uh, yeah, guys, what, what you think about the Punisher? I mean, after Defenders, because like I said, after Iron Fist, we've had low expectations for Defenders, but after Defenders, how, how do you feel about Punisher? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I, I thought the trailer was cool, but I'm just basically, like, I, I, I just want to see it. I like, hurry the fuck up and see the shit now. Give me. I've been waiting for it, so I want to see it. I kind of half helped and half expected, even though they said it wasn't happening, that we get a, just a brief cameo of the Punisher somewhere in the Defenders, um, because he was just so great in season two of Daredevil. I cannot wait. It's one of my most anticipated uh, shows uh, coming to Netflix. But did you really want Punisher in this in this show? Like like tone wise, you know. Uh, no, I, I just wanted the Punisher did. to have the Punisher. Right. <laughs> I, right. I, I think he would have been because the tone they were going for this. I don't think Punisher would have fit in this story. Now, in his own story, I think he might end up having like the best Netflix show. I think if they if they do it right, you yeah. know. It's gonna be R-rated. It's gonna be gory. You, you know it. They can re- basically they can go into the Batman with no morals, you know, uh, theme, and we can really see what a guy can do. You know, is he a hero? Is he a villain? Doing the right thing? Things they explored in Daredevil would really take it to another level in his own show. Yeah, so, I mean, and he's man, just, I want He's not a superhero. He's just a dude, you know, with guns. So it's but like, is he even a hero? That's the question. Well, well, I, well my yeah. point, my point is like. This, they don't have to worry about a budget of trying to give them superpowers. Like we never got to see Jessica Jones fly. All of a sudden, she shows up in the window. You know what I mean? They, they don't have right. to cut corners with the Punisher. They can. It's just guns and fighting, which was what, which was what made Daredevil so cool. So, you know. right. Well, and John Barenthal is on record for saying that he's not trying to. He he was not trying to make Frank Castle a hero. He's a he's the protagonist of yeah. the series. He's Which, not I mean, that's always been, you know, Punisher's M.O. Because whenever he shows up in a team book, you know, half the time the guy, the other heroes don't know if they want to team up with him or fight him just as much as the bad guys. Especially when he shows up with Spider-Man and Death. He, he becomes a distraction. That's why I kind of didn't want him to be in the Defenders because he can be a distraction a lot of times because you don't know what side of the fence he's on, you know. Yeah. Well, he's on his own side. I mean, that that's always been the – I mean, that's a whole other podcast there, you know, fucking <laughs> going into the – Frank Castle's motivations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the morale of like I said, we'll have a long talk about that when the when the Netflix show comes out. But overall, like I said, we pretty much enjoyed the uh the Defenders episode uh TV show. If you haven't seen it yet, just just go in with an open mind. Don't expect it to be the greatest thing you ever seen. Don't expect it to be Avengers two point or you know anything like that. Just go in and just 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 watch the show. Just expect to be entertained. If you go in and expect to be entertained, you'll have fun. That's that's what we that, I think that's what we all agree on right there. So Yeah. Uh yeah. Moving on past that, like I said, we I think we talked long enough about the defenders. Uh I guess we can talk about some actual comics that came out this week. Uh I Todd, I know I talked to you about it earlier today. Did you did you read anything this week? Uh that's coming out tomorrow or 
I mean, they came out like last week, you know. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about a week behind, actually. About <laughs> I'm going to the, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to the comic shop. To, I'm going to the comic shop. See, this week, uh, my shop, my shop has, uh, Paul Jenkins and some other guys from Aftershock coming in, so I just kind of put it off to when they're going to be there. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Hey, it happens. Sometimes, sometimes we don't, we don't even review comic books on the comic book podcast, so it happens sometimes. <laughs> But we just managed to squeeze one in. Eli, did you, did you manage to get anything in uh, this week or last I, week? I did read Dark Knight Metal. In fact, I uh, I went my comic store had a midnight release thingy going on, so I went and uh, checked that out. I got a free like lithograph with it. So oh, cool. Yeah. Is, 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 so is that the book you're gonna we're gonna talk about? Uh, I can. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything if y'all haven't read it. If you got plans, I mean, on I read it. That was gonna be my book. Oh, okay. Well, well, yeah, we can <laughs> so talk, about let's it. talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> you might. You you actually probably will understand it a lot more because I'm not I'm not no, the biggest that, that, DC that, guy. So um, right. And see, that's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Batman Metal. Now, Ty, have, have you had a chance to read Batman Metal yet? Number one. I have not. I, I'm more of a I'm more of an indie valiant guy myself. Okay. That's right. You have Vin, uh, Valiant on your profile pic, so <laughs> I kind of yeah. figured that. <laughs> and I kind of help run a Valiant fan page, so you know. Okay. So hey, anytime you want to plug Valiant, go for it. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah, yeah like we used said, to have Eric. Eric used to be on this podcast. <laughs> oh, he would stop the show At every show. Valiant. Like just stop the show. <laughs> well, in that case, screw metal. War Mother <laughs> comes out tomorrow. Make sure you pick up War Mother by Fred Van Linty. Covers by David Mack, phenomenal. Future. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't tell you. I used to cut him off when he started. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> All right, so now back to back to Batman Metal. Now here's what I want to say about the Eli Batman Metal. If you read it, if you're not too well versed in the Batman, the story is actually easier to understand. If you know Batman lore and like really deep into the Batman story, the story is actually confusing as fuck. The less you know about Batman, the easier the story is to understand. It's well, it's weird. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why. Because uh, okay. Because you remember the demon Barbados is coming to uh coming from some other dimension to take over yeah, the, this, our planet, right? This dark multiverse, yes. Right now, are you familiar with Barbados? Not really. Okay. No. Here's the thing. Bar- I may be saying the name wrong. Barbados, Barbados, whatever, like that. He actually doesn't exist. Barbados is Batman. Now, okay. I'm going I'm to I'm back this up and tell you exactly what's going on. Okay, this was an old Grant Morrison story, and I, I know you're familiar with it. The many lives of Batman with Darkseid took him back into the past, and he kept, you know, living lives with his ancestors and stuff like that. Fucking well, Grant Morrison. Yeah, Grant Morrison. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like, Scott, Scott Snyder, this entire story was basically t- taking some Grant Morrison and mythos that I thought that nobody would touch. And he just dug his wrist, it's his arm, just arm deep into that shit and just pulled out all, all kind of Grant Morrison stuff that nobody was supposed to touch other than Grant Morrison and just dug into it. But actually it was like easier to understand than Grant Morrison would have done because he went into Final Crisis. He went into Many Lives of Batman. Like He really went deep into that. But anyway, what I was going to say about Barbados is that uh, he doesn't exist. Barbados is actually Batman. Batman and went back into like his first ancestor as a caveman, and he took over the cave. And every, they, basically, they the cave people because he was so smart and everything like that. They start worshiping him as a god, and they start calling him Barbados. So when he teleported to his next life, 
his bat he like he made like a Batman cave suit. So they kept the Batman cave suit and put it in a cave and left it there and worshipped it. And every generation after that, and actually the uh they actually became a religion, they became a cult that worshipped the Bat God. But they were really worshiping Batman and didn't know it. You know. So this cult made it all the way up to like the regular times, like the two thousand things like that. And they got so big that they were waiting the return of Barbados, the Bat God. But they didn't know that they were really rewriting the turn of Batman. So basically, Grant Morrison turned Batman into a god some kind of way, you know. So yeah, basically, that, that, that sounds about right coming from yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was a yeah, weird story, but the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's what I'm saying. If you don't know that backstory, you just read the story. Okay, a demon from hell, a bat demon from hell hell coming to take over the planet okay makes sense but when you really think about it like no that was batman the entire time but now they're trying to make it seem like so i guess that's what it is in some kind of future uh future or alternate timeline batman is a god and that basically what they i guess what he's doing is like sending in other batman to take over the planet yeah now uh, demon things yeah yeah these other demons and stuff like that popping in and like that oh uh sandman popping up at the end of the story yeah uh, that, and, was, that was pretty interesting. And that's this is not Morpheus Sandman. This is another Sand, from what I understand. See, I'm so not a, I was so not a fan of Sandman comics in the 90s. No, that's that's the one. That's is the that one. is that Morpheus? Yeah, I, I thought they said he was like the son of Hawkman or whatever the fuck. Well, no, that was a different Sandman. Yeah, I see. They, yeah, they actually yes, uh, DC has like a bunch of different Sandman, but this <laughs> is the like the Neil Gaiman. You know, 80s run, run Sandman, that's that Sandman. Okay, and I was, so like, so the, not into those. In the, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Those stories, because I used to read Wizard Cup Magazine, and they used to, every month, they used to say, Neil Gaiman is the greatest writer of all time, greatest writer of all time. Sandman is the best written story of all time. So I decided to pick up a Sandman story. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on in this story. I blame them for the goth culture and shit. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say it. I think I read a, 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 a like I saw a documentary that said it was the rise of the goth, goth culture. Pretty much. Like, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of the same way, like they said, uh, like Dr. Strange back in the 60s kind of like actually kind of made the hippie culture. Because they, you know, all the kind of art that Steve Ditko used to put in there, it was kind of like trippy LSD type of image, stuff like that. They used to read Doctor Strange. That's why Doctor Strange became popular. He was popular with, you know, with uh, weed smokers and stuff like that. That's, that's like Doctor Strange. So, but yeah, so Dream was in there. Now, did you know who Lady Lady Blackhawk was? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So Lady Blackhawk, like I said, that was actually uh, like the Nighthawk. The Blackhawks pretty old. That was a Hawk Girl, not Shire. Yeah. Everybody knows about Shire, but this was Kendra Saunders. Uh, the other Hawk girl that you know used to get reincarnated with Hawkman, and I guess Hawkman is dead because they had like a, a story like about a couple months ago, so he's dead right now. But he gets always reincarnated, so it don't really matter. But yeah, honestly, I love everything they were doing with the story. That the intro, I was loving the intro. It was just like uh like a quick like the Just League cartoon where they were fighting Mongol on World World. They just took him out real quick, and yeah, they kind of formed Ultron. Yeah, that big some act met. Power Ranger thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and Green Lantern formed the balls and stuff. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, and Cyborg said booyah. Yeah. <laughs> like he had to sneak that in this kind of way. So yeah, overall I, I like I'm just I'm just glad that Scott Snyder and Greg Pulo are back, man. I, I miss them so much, man. Just reading this book 
and reading them, picking up right where they left off, it was just so refreshing because that New 52 Batman run, I think, is one of the greatest comic book runs of all time. I'm putting it up there with Stan and Jack, man. I'm putting it up there with uh, Bendis and Bagley's run of Ultimate Spider-Man. It's 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 up there. It was 50 issues. Every like it's several of those stories, like some of the best Joker stories of all time. It fleshed out Batman's uh, history. It was like one of the few New 52 books that nobody disagreed when they said it's bad. Everybody said this book is awesome. And every time another book came out, more awesome shit was happening. Uh, I'm just glad they're back, man. Anything they do, I'm on boy. It doesn't matter. So yeah, I mean, it definitely yeah. felt like. Like, it just picked right back up, right back into that run. Like, them back together, the little detail, like the little buttons that Batman pushes and the little, you know, those little things that, you know, Scott Snyder does, has Batman doing, you know, figuring shit out right. and how they hack that, hack those cyborg robot things and then form <laughs> right. that robot. Form yeah, nobody, big, nobody figured out but Batman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. how, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it just felt, yeah, oh, like, I, I like, like they didn't miss a beat, yeah. Joke, uh, <laughs> I like how they made that joke like Aquaman was looking because the, the, the dinosaur was about to oh remember how B- Batman ran off with the dinosaur yeah they thought oh he's got some kind of he's yeah he's like, running he was off. just riding around the dinosaur dinosaur out I was like oh man that's that's great that's all. it was like so many like comedic moments they had going in there man I'm like that's that's why Scott Snyder is Scott Snyder so yeah. oh man it, it was just great so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying metal I just want to see how it goes because I want to see how deep into the Grant Morrison verse, because I thought this was just going to be like a one-off stuff, but they're digging into some deep, deep stuff. They actually change like DC's like history because a lot of these characters don't exist. Like Doctor Fate, he showed up in the book. Doctor Fate doesn't exist in this in this universe. Yeah, he exists in Earth too. Yeah. So and what's I'm all these? The, how the, they're gonna these challengers of the unknown or whatever? I mean, challengers of the unknown popped. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. They I haven't mean, been in a book since. The, the 70s yeah like, and, and that's and that's what i was talking about it's like i'm not so well versed in, in in dc lore as much as outside of batman so i'm like okay yeah. I, I, I mean some know. people say that the yeah that that the fan the chance of the known might have inspired the fantastic four like because uh, the, uh, the chance of the known were made by jack kirby and then he turned around and made uh fantastic four like a few years later and some people say like he just basically took the chance of the known just reskinned the fantastic four and just kept it moving you know uh well, that's but, what kirby did all all of the stuff Kirby did is just a continuing story from where he didn't get to finish it elsewhere. Yeah, like, like the, the new gods, the new gods, and the uh, Fantastic Four, the Eternal. Yeah. Exactly. It that's just what Kirby did, and you just have to accept that. That's just the way it was. He's yeah. a king, baby. Yeah, hey, Jack Kirby's a king. <laughs> I think his birthday is next week. We're gonna have like a big extravaganza next week for all held king. Uh, he built. The Marvel Universe in the ground up, and and basically they're using so much stuff in DC that he built. He might as well say he built DC from the 1970s on, also. So, so awesome. Uh, but yeah, Eli, what would you give Batman? Batman Metal number one? Uh, four out of five. Okay, I I would give it a four point five out of five, even though just because Scott Snyder has the balls to get Barbados, I thought nobody would touch him. Other than Grant Morrison, I thought that was just Grant Morrison exclusive. But see, he has the balls to go that direction. I'm curious as hell to see where this story goes, man. And Sandman showing up. It, Sandman now, Sandman is actually showing up in the in DC like the regular DC universe before. Grant Morrison made him a member of the Justice League. Like the Grant Morrison's Justice League was so fucking overpowered, man. It was ridiculous. They had an uh, angel on the team, and they called him Hawkman, but he was like a literal like angel from God. You know, uh, Sandman was a part of the team. They had some other dude that was like some kind of 
Titans are like that. They had like two new guys on the team. The last story Grant Morrison wrote with the Justice League story that they thought of being so, so powerful that him showing up made everybody go crazy to start World War Three just because he was in their presence. So the only way they could beat him was somebody made a machine that gave everybody on the planet superpowers. Everybody. Like regular janitor, kids, doesn't matter. And they flew into outer space and had to fight this guy. The entire planet Earth had to fight this guy to beat him. I'm like, Grant Morrison is, is on some other shit. And then after that, Grant Morrison stopped and he never wrote another Justice League story again until he got the final crisis. I'm like, man, you, you can't top that. <laughs> you can't top the entire planet fighting some some evil guy. And man, that was just insane. So, yeah, I know you got some kind of crazy value story that can top that. I know. <laughs> but, <whatever. laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is that also coming out tomorrow is uh, XO Man Award number six by Matt Kent and the uh, superstar artist dog Braithwaite. You know, it's the finale of the general storyline. So, you know, make sure to pick that out. Pick that up as well. Go Valiant. (laughs) We plug Valiant. You can't say we are biased and we're discriminating. We just plug Valiant. Twice. (laughs) Twice. Let's not put the look at it, okay? <laughs> yeah, but like I said, overall, yeah. Uh, do we have any more topics we want to run through? I think that's pretty much everything. Hey, hey, you since you made me watch that fucking thing, the Batman and Harley oh, Quinn. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, motherfucker, oh, you made me watch shit. it. <laughs> At least shit. it was free. <laughs> <laughs> we will not discuss what how what kind of means you got to watch it for free. We won't go that direction. <laughs> I may or may not have sent you. Link, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, we can basically let's okay. So what we're talking about for those that don't know, we're talking about, and we really don't want to. We're gonna talk about it anyway. The Batman and Harley Quinn uh directed DV video that came out. Uh, yeah, it, it actually get, it actually was shown in some theaters too. Like what? What the wow. hell? I that's what I'm saying. Like they actually because probably because of Harley Quinn, she sells. I, 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 look, look. Here's the, here's the thing. Why this shit sucks, man. It sucks because of Bruce Tim. DC is giving Bruce Tim way too much power, and he keeps shitting on these cartoons they're giving him because they, they don't have anybody to rein him in to tell him, no, stop doing this shit. First, he fucked over the killing joke. You don't fuck over the killing joke. And then he fucked over doing this shit? Like, somebody stopped this guy. Now, I get it that he was part of the Batman animated series, and he did the artwork like that, but he wasn't the main creator behind that stuff. Paul Dini was the guy behind the stuff writing those brilliant stories. Not Bruce Tim. So now you're giving Bruce Tim all this reign to do all this stuff like that. All you're getting is just shitty stories, and he keeps cranking them out left and right. Somebody stop this guy. He's the one that made that shitty fan fiction where Batman fucked Batgirl. Uh, and he's been deep, and he, he had the lesbian relationship with Poison Ivy and, and uh, uh, Harley Quinn. He's the one in the and even in the comic books. He had it where Batgirl, no, Batman had Batgirl pregnant. And didn't tell Robin. Like, what the Even though she was engaged to Robin at the time. Like, Bruce Tim, what the fuck are you doing? Somebody please stop the guy. Because it seemed like he just writes some kind of pointy hentai fan fiction. He keeps sneaking this shit into Batman where it's not wanted. And he keeps doing it. Nobody is stopping this guy. Well, Like, hopefully this will be the last time. We'll and and, it, and it ain't, they ain't showing anything. If you're going to go there, show it. That's what- right. <laughs> You know, the whole killing joke, I didn't see, you know, anything. I didn't see Batman's dick. You know, this whole <laughs> sex. Do you want to see Batman's dick? <laughs> yeah, fucking it's <laughs> traded R, damn it. 
and everyone's bitching about this whole Harley Quinn and Nightwing scene. It's like they didn't show oh. anything. They turned out the lights. I thought yeah, the shit was just, rated R, man. What the fuck? Right, but it's just <laughs> the fact that they showed that scene. Now, oh, like, like I said, this movie sucked, so we're just going to talk about that one scene. Because but that's, that the, one only scene that's the only everybody. reason why to see it is because... <laughs> right, but you can YouTube it and, you know, just... <laughs> and they don't even show anything. And, and they don't... They show like, so, I see, so what I, we I've seen heavy like, metal... You know, I've seen, you know, yeah, we know DC isn't going to go to that level. I, I watched, I watched Spawn yesterday. Then what is like everybody bitching two. about for? If they're not going to go there, two. then shut up. People should shut up about it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, but I guess this, just, but here's the thing. Okay, so Nightwing and Harley Quinn had a thing. Is that out of character for these two? I'm, I'm asking the question. Is that out of character for these two? No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a lot of people were saying it's out of character, but we all know Harley Quinn. Even Harley Quinn says all the time she's she'll pretty much screw anything. She doesn't care. That's pretty much what Harley Quinn is, especially when she got away from Joker. She doesn't care at that point. You know, uh, Nightwing is a man whore. He's probably the biggest man whore in comics aside from Tony Stark. It's, it's those two guys. They're neck and neck. They run through their respective universes. So it's not out of character for these two. But. Here's the controversial opinion that I want to bring to you guys. Did Harley rape Nightwing? Yes. Hmm. Because that's that's the actual that's actually the con that's the problem I have with the scene. If they just had straight sex, no big deal. Well, big deal, but you know, no that not that big of a deal. Like you said, they're both kind of you know. He's a man whore. She's a bit of a slut. If they would have had sex. It'd be no big deal. But the whole time, and imagine if imagine if the roles were reversed here. Imagine if it was Harley Quinn tied to the bed and it was Nightwing. Uh, she keeps coming at him and he's saying no, 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 and she's like, oh, you know, you want it. The whole time I'm thinking, you know, if that was a dude climbing on top of the chick who he had who he had tied up in a bed, I would have to see nine thousand memes in every freaking comic book group that I'm a part of about the rape culture. Of of DC Comics and all this other stuff. It was absolutely a rape scene. And we're just going to laugh it off because it's a dude and dudes can't be raped. He did have a hard so, on, though. That was what gave her the idea to have sex with him. Of course he's got a hard on. <laughs> Chicks in his underwear in her underwear and <laughs> doesn't mean he wants to fuck her. <laughs> well, you know, kind of does, I, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm a married man. And, and sometimes hard ons happen. That doesn't mean I'm going to run around and use my heart on it. Every, every woman that I see that you know may possibly give me one, I don't want to have sex with women other than my wife. Now, okay. if a woman takes advantage of that situation, that's still rape. If I'm still saying no and she has me tied up and sits on it, it's against my will. It's a consent issue. Okay. I did I not agree with you. If, if that was a situation, that would be rape. No yeah. question asked about this. However, I, I don't think this was that situation. Yeah, there was, there was some conversation where he pretty much said, okay. It was, it was, about, it was consent. <laughs> yeah. Nightwing consented. He consented twice. They made sure to do that before Harley Quinn just, just jumped on top of him. You know, he didn't just wake up and then Harley Quinn was just riding him. He was just like, Shh. No, it wasn't a scene like that. Yeah, he and in fact, Batman showed up and they were still on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was a tie. Now, now. Now that was a rape scene. Now, now keep in mind, even though I'm saying that wasn't a rape scene, there have been rape scenes in comics and in these cartoons. Clearly, that people uh, they they get upset about this scene, but won't get upset about the other scenes. Now, like I said, Nightwing consented this one because she asked she asked him straight out, 
do you want this cookie? And she's like, <laughs> and he said, oh, the things I do for my city. You know, she's like, oh, I'll take it as a yes. And then she went at it. So he consented. So that's not rape. Now, if he said the whole time, no, 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 that would have been rape. Now, however, there no, was. I disagree. Uh, I disagree because what are you saying is no, no, no. Well, oh, uh, well, um, uh, oh, fine. The things I do for the city. It didn't start out as a yes, yes, yes. It started out as a no, no, no. Fine. No, no, no. Whatever. He never said no. He never said no. He said, I don't know. He said, I would like to, but that's what he kept saying. But he never actually said, no, we can't do this. He never, that never came out of his mouth. So I'm just saying, I've seen the scene a couple of times just to make sure it didn't cross the line. Like I said, it's on the razor's edge. It's right there. But I felt like they did just enough that if you were to take this to court and they saw this cartoon in court, they would say, not guilty. Not right. That's what I would, that's what I would think in that situation they heard the conversation thing like that but like i said there has been rape scenes in comics and in cartoons i'm gonna break both of them down because nightwing did get raped in the comics and there is no question about that because one time i think he was sedated or drug and I, I can't remember the name of the the chick i think her name was nightwing or nightshade or whatever doesn't matter what he was drugged he was out of it he couldn't move and he looked up and he did keep saying no 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 and she just went to town and didn't care that is rape. There is no way to explain about that one. I'm going to give you another example of a rape scene that nobody ever brings up, but it's right there in your face. Talia and Batman. Absolutely. Talia rape Batman. Absolutely. And, absolutely. But but people want to make a big deal about this one, but that was clearly rape, and there was no other way around it. She, she drugged him. She made him do what she wanted. She made her get him pregnant. She had a kid. There was no way around it. That is rape. So I just, I'm just saying, if we're going to spread the blame around somewhere, we don't need to cherry pick these situations you know spread around every time we see a situation like that bring it up no don't say okay this scene is is sort of borderline this scene is not no it's it's all but like i said the, this harley quinn scene it was definitely on the edge but overall because nightwing if you watch again he never said no that's why i said when right yes he was tied up but it wasn't against his will because i think if he would have said no she wouldn't have did it or maybe, i just i don't know i, I just think if the roles were reversed if if the scene was reversed and it was harley tied up and that was nightwing i i just feel like you know what we would hear we would still be hearing about it to this day and far in the future from from you know comic book sjw's calling that a rape scene and oh yeah oh of, rape of course but, but that's like, the internet the so, so if so if that's but you know but here's the thing if that's the and, and i would probably get thrown out of two more groups for saying well you know for if i tried to make the same argument that you're making that you know she never actually said no i'd be thrown out of a group and be labeled as a misogynist it's happened um but and, and a victim blamer just, and all this shit yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so so i just i think i think it was an unnecessary scene and razor's edge i'll, I'll give you razor's edge i'll have to rewatch it another time to see if he does actually say no i mean he never it wasn't until the very tail end that he actually consents and, and breaks down but it's an unnecessary controversy. Well, I mean, some people say that he might have been he might have been under the influence also because he just gets sprayed with Joker venom. He did just kind of wake up, so he might have been. So then maybe it was rape. Then maybe, uh, like I said, Ray's was saying she wasn't. She wasn't. He wasn't in his. He couldn't make his uh, uh, a conscious decision. So there you go. 
All I know is there should have been some tits. If this is rated R, there should have been some tits. <laughs> you want to see Bat Dick? You want to yeah. see Harley Quinn? I don't dick. care if it's ink or not. I want... <laughs> so you're the it's weird guy in the, the adults-only section of the comic book store. Okay. <laughs> oh, a new Dr. Manhattan book is out. Let's read this. <laughs> you don't have to buy porn anymore. It's free now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but okay. I, I think we're we're done with that conversation. Like I said, that movie sucked anyway. So yeah, it really that's did. Really, you talk about the movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, but uh, I, so I guess we ran through the topic. Though. We have anything else left on the plate that we have to talk about? I uh, think we got it. I think we got everything. Okay. Uh, like I said, Todd, glad to have it over. Uh, I know you're. Uh, no, are we gonna brand it the comic conservative, or are you the conservative comic collector? We got we got to brand this now. Well, it, it's going to be the conservative comic collector. I do uh, I do a weekly article. Well, at least I'm trying to be doing a weekly article for Outright Geekery. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at beta underscore max13, a valiant character, by the way. Um, <laughs> you snuck in three. You had to sneak in three. I rock. You can find me at the Valiant Army. You can see me at, uh, what, uh, Comic Book Illuminati, any number of groups. Uh, just look for whatever has a bunch of comments on a co- controversial topic. I'll be in the middle of it getting yelled at by an admin. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I said, we have a, a lot of podcasts going on at Outright Geekery. Like I said, we have the Comic Book Bullies. Uh, Ryan just wrapped up the uh, This Week in Com- uh, This Week in Comics. He has a brand new episode out, uh, came out yesterday. He also has, uh, Instruments of Destruction. Like I said, I do have Get Valiant. Ty, you've been on Get Valiant? I have not done Get Valiant. Well, I've done the, uh, Valiant Roundtable with Hoodoo TV a couple times. Yeah, you did with Hoodoo. Definitely talk to Eric on there. Get with Get Valiant. He's got a, like I said, they have a huge following. They, they kick our ass in ratings. So yeah, definitely get with Eric on that. Uh, who else we have? I'm missing. Oh! Eli has another podcast, Geeks Have. Uh, yeah, Geeks Haves. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to miss that one. I'll try to think. I think I have all of them. Uh, I may be missing one, but oh, well, whatever. Uh, like I said, if you listen to it this long and you finally listen to all of us, definitely give us a like. Definitely, you know, share a comment or share the post, anything like that, if you finally listen to us. Uh, we're going to come back with you with another episode with some whole, whole new topics, so definitely stay with us. Uh, but we want to thank you for listening. For right now, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And And I'm Todd. There we go. Right on. (laughs) And we will talk to you guys later. The hell raiser, raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider Man. So all uh, tick tock and keep ticking. Well, I get you flipping off the shit that I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger, co wet, danger. Deep in the dark with the art to rip the charts apart. The vandal, too hot to handle your battle. He's saying goodbye like to be careful. What next? Inspector Dex on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go wild. Sit back, relax, won't smile. Ray got it going on, pal. Call 
called me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. And I'ma get mad deep like a threat. Blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb. Shit like math. So if you wanna try to flip, yo, flip on the next man. Cause I'll grab the clip and hit you with 16 shots and more I got. Going to war with the melting pot. I it's the method man for short, Mr. Map. Move it on your left. Ah. And set it off, get it off, let it off like a gat. I wanna break food, cop me back. Small change, they putting chain in the game. I take game and blow that nigga out the brain. And like bang, my style will live forever. Niggas crossing over, like they don't know no better. But I do. True, can I get a soul? No respect due to the one six ooh. I mean, oh, yo, check out the boat like the Hudson or PCP. When I'm dusting, niggas off because I'm hot like sauce. The smoke from the lyrical butt make me uh, Grab my nut, get screwed. Ow! Here comes my Shaolin style. Two B and B Y U. To my crew with the. With the worst, I'll be sticking pins in your head like a fucking nurse. I'll attack any nigga who's slacking his mat. Come fully packed with the fat brother stack. Same on you when you step through too. The old dirty bastard, straight from the Brooklyn Zoo. And I'll be damned if I let any man come to my center. You enter the winter, straight up and down. That shit is packed, cam. You can't slam. Don't let me get fooled on the man. The old dirty bastard is dirty and sticking. They saw unique rolling with the knife of the creeps. Niggas be rolling with the stairs. Matter of fact, bring out the girls and let's have a mud fight. Uh, hey. 